How are we doing here here on the Fight Talk podcast? It's your boy, John Mosley. Everybody calls me Mose. Uh, tagging along once again with the man himself, Steven Jensen. Uh, we, we're going to be hitting hitting all the high spots this past weekend's fight night card. We've got another one that we have questions about coming up this weekend. Uh, we're going to get all that, obviously, throughout the show. But uh, before we do, man, uh, we have another, another fight and wrestling-filled weekend for both of us. Right, bro? Yeah, man. As we were uh, talking before the show, uh, AEW had full gear on Saturday, which I thought was just awesome. Like, highly recommended to any wrestling fan. Even if you're an AEW hater or, like, super pro WWE or whatever, or, or only watch the indies or whatever your, uh, your fandom may be for pro wrestling, I would highly recommend AEW's full gear. I think there was, at the very least, there was something for everyone at some point of the show, I think. Um, yeah, but, yeah. I- Great stuff. Uh, you you were telling me more about the card. I just saw the uh, the Kingston Moxie match that we both agreed was a banger. I'm gonna have to go back and check out what I missed for sure. Yeah, that match was a banger, and uh, I think it's just amazing what they've been able to do with Eddie Kingston and what Eddie, Eddie Kingston's been able to do for himself. I mean, he's he's made he's made all those opportunities for himself. I mean, as you know more than most would. Like you were you're you're probably right there in that backyard when he called out Cody, right? Yeah, yeah, I was like, I was there live. Um, I think I actually got that video out before the uh, it's the promotion is ICW. Everyone should check out ICW. Uh, they're based out of Jersey. Uh, great shows going on now. Actually, for our audience, especially, they do a pit fighter show. I mean, it's it's pro wrestling, but it's in a cage, so it's a little different. They do MMA style with a little bit of deathmatch kind of fuckery, if you will. So. Uh, yeah, any wrestling fans out there that are kind of crossing over with us, ICW. But yeah, I was there. He he made a a promo and a half uh, on Cody and AEW and his friends. And, and to your point, though, man, uh, Kingston's been great for years, man. There's 18 years in the game, but it took someone allowing him to be himself. And I commend AEW for, admittedly, there was an audience there. We saw it all over Twitter, but they still... You know, it's hard. Uh, it's hard when you're that big of a company, that conglomerate, um, to to let someone and just say, "Hey, you know what? You're we love what you're doing. Keep doing it." Some for a lot of companies, that's hard. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I would imagine that's the biggest reason he never signed with the WWE up to this point. I mean, we'd seen him in Impact Wrestling, we'd seen him in the, in the National Wrestling Alliance, but um, but on like a big time mainstream level. Like, you know what I mean? Like, him and, w- him and WWE just, like, at least up to this point, probably just weren't a good fit. And it was probably because, like, there's just no way he'd be able to be himself the way that he's yeah. able to be himself in AEW. No, yeah. Uh, he And he's, he's got two, uh, his opinions are too strong, I would say, for a lot of, uh, a lot of those, uh, those big time, those, the uh, fat cats, if you will, up north. Yeah. Um, and, you know, also you mentioned ICW. They met, they yeah. had a show this past weekend um as did paradigm pro wrestling yep. and and i'm bringing that up because you know for those of you listening to the show being mma fans um both kind of different kind of options but yeah both within like the mma realm which is really cool like icw in a cage uh, a lot of weapons a lot of a lot of really cool i mean it's it's a really fun uh type of show to watch and then you also had you know like i said paradigm which did uwfi rules tournament uh, like a one night tournament um, in, in a non tournament match. Uh, this is a lot of overlap with a show like this. There was a non tournament match, yeah. a uh, super fight between Matthew Justice and Dan Severn. So, 
Um, so yeah, I mean, Dan Silver is still out there doing it. Once again, this is pro wrestling, but it's, you know, it's it, the, the, the style is very MMA heavy and, uh, the rule set is very similar to that of mixed martial arts. So, uh, shout out to paradigm pro wrestling as well. Absolutely. Paradigm. Uh, yeah, they've, they've been known to, to use talents such as Tom Lawler, Stefan Bonner, uh, at the aforementioned legend Dan Severn. So, uh, for sure, check out Paradigm. For sure, check out uh, for ICW. I know uh, ICW is coming out. They'll have a, a live pit fighter this weekend as well. So if you find anything over there you like, uh, keep following them. Uh, both those companies uh, are very good. They're, they're ran by, by people I co-sign um, personally and just worked with. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Good, good memory on you, Steven Jensen. Fucking getting that Paradigm shout out in. Shout out those dudes. They'd have killed me. Yeah, man, no worries, man. Anything I can do to try to help out what's going on on the independent pro wrestling scene. It's definitely my two biggest passions right now, indie pro wrestling and mixed martial arts. So, And what, what a weekend we had because after all this, and, and I guess, um, yeah, the, the day after all this kind of shoot style pro wrestling, we had a, a, a whopping hell of a main event. It is a main event of a main event of a show because of, of how important the, our main event wound up being. Both of us uh, both of us picked the winner in this one, Steve, and we've been wrong this summer a lot and into the fall, but at least uh, at least for this weekend, we both were on Glover to share up. Uh, hell of a performance. We both we both got to see it. I um, got to see it live. Uh, there are moments I was a little nervous. I thought, oh, no, you know, he Santos is landing, but, but Glover with a round three rear naked choke submission victory, and he's got to be where we're saying, right? I mean, Number one contender, he, he he's he, yeah, we, we know what's going on with Izzy, blah blah blah, but I just don't know how Glover is not right there. Yeah, I, I mean, we we both called Glover to win. I, this was, uh, I mean, this was a hell of, of a victory for him. Like, at the beginning of the fight, Santos landed like heavy multiple times, it looked like he was going to end the fight within yeah. like seconds, and Glover weathered the storm, got a takedown. At one point, even got like a nice slam and then went right into full mount. I mean, there was Glover showed so much heart. He showed that his chin is still very solid, even though he got rocked, you know, throughout the fight. Like even in the third round, uh, Santos came out, landed a left hand that that basically dropped Glover like right away. And it was like, oh, shit, now he's going to get him. And Glover, the way that he was able to, you know, stay poised and and calm and get the takedowns and and even when he was in even when uh santos was in dominant positions on to on the ground like to was finding ways to reverse um because if i remember correctly like he i think to was mounting uh or at least ground and pounding to santos was ground and pounding to or had him mounted or in some sort of dominant position on the ground and then to basically reversed him into that rear naked choke at the end um so like I mean, just incredible performance. And, and like you mentioned, and like we were talking about last week, you know, Glover Teixeira, even even Dana White said it. He was like, like he was talking to Laura Sanko after the after the fights were over. And he was like, like yeah, I know that uh, I said Izzy and, and Balhovich for the title, uh, but we have to figure something out for Teixeira. He was yes. like, we, he's, you know, he's like, he's... You know, and, and I totally agree. And we we were saying it in our, our prediction show last week. Like, 
the winner of this fight, there's nothing else for them to do. And especially if it's, if it's Teixeira, like you just took out Anthony Smith before this, who was in, in share was the underdog there and, and just smoked him. Um, and now I'm going to pull up his record. Cause now what's that? It's like four or five in a row. Now. Five in a row now. And all impressive. Carl Robertson, Ian Kutalaba, Nikita, Nikita, yes, Nikita Krylov, uh, Anthony Smith, and Tiago Santos. There's really not anything else he could be like. Because the other thing too is like the people, the other people in the rankings that he could hypothetically fight that people are bringing up. It's like people are like, hey, him versus Dominic Reyes. It's like no, Reyes just got smoked by Blahovich. Like Tashera does not need to fight someone like Dominic Reyes now. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, and I think the way that he ended up winning this fight, it, it does. It says something to that record and kind of this, this career as a whole for Glover, man. He's took some punches. He stayed calm. Uh, this is a guy we mentioned it before. Uh, if you had told me even, a, you know, two, three years ago that he's going to be right here, uh, I, I don't know if I would have believed you. Um, so so to get this finish and and yeah, there's just. What more can you do? There, uh, to your point, there's just no that makes no sense to me to have him have him fight someone else. At least looking at these rankings, other than that for that title, man, it, it's just it's uh, it's I can't think of the word uh, buffoonery. It'd be buffoonery. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, even after the fight, like Blahovich went to Twitter and he was like, "Hey, if Adesanya's not ready to fight until March, and you want to get this fight before oh, him, yeah. like, let's do it." Um, which would be great, and I think that makes total sense. If Blahovich is ready to fight in a couple months, and so is Teixeira, and they can do it before Izzy gets a shot. Because the thing for Izzy has nothing to do with it being Blahovich as the champion. It has everything to do with him trying to get the light heavyweight championship and them doing him versus John Jones. Exactly. So, like, so whether Teixeira, actually, in, a, in probably the perfect scenario for the UFC, Teixeira beats Blahovich because I think, uh, Adesanya could beat Teixeira easier than he could beat Blahovich, just personally speaking. Um, and that ties in with Bones, too, right? With the, the win Bones has Glover Glover in a title fight. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And uh, Jones, shout out to John Jones. I know he's probably trolling a little bit, but <laughs> but, he, but he was on Twitter. He was calling Glover Teixeira the go. Um, but he was also saying, like, like he he made some tweets at first that I was like, oh, he's trolling because he's talking about like how Habib was the goat after his fight and blah blah blah. But then Jones was putting up tweets that were like really complimentary along the lines of like, no, I'm very fortunate to have beaten this guy like years ago and he's looking great and like he's a really good guy. Like Jones is giving it sounds like he has a lot of respect for Lower Teixeira. And and the funny kind of ironic thing about it though is one of Jones's tweets he said, um, he said, someone give this man a title shot. And it's like, well, bro, had you not given your vacated your title, you could have. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and I know he, he beat him already, but I mean, it's been years. So, I mean, it, it, it's it all to share. It totally, totally deserves his spot. Um, and it's one of those things, man, like I mentioned it last week. And it, this is fucked up to the heavyweight division. But in all honesty, like. I wouldn't even be against if, like, if they for if they were gonna dick over to share at light heavyweight and like they're and he's gonna have to sit on the sidelines or have to keep fighting at light heavyweight and while they figure out Blahovich and and Adesanya and all that because that's all gonna be a mess. 
the Adesanya, I, the fight, I, I do want to see the fight. I, I want to see uh, Teixeira versus uh, Blahovich more because I think Teixeira, like, he just earned it. Like, he just should have yeah. that chance. I agree. Um, but, but like, there's going to be such a mess because you have all that, and then you have Robert Whitaker, who's earned a title shot at middleweight already. But, like, now they were saying, like, uh, you know, Whitaker's kind of been saying, he said he wanted to fight in March or April, but then when Adesanya said that he was going to fight Blahovich at light heavyweight, Whitaker was like, well, but if you want to do like January, I'll do January. So it's like Whitaker is now definitely trying to get back in the mix to get his shot at the middleweight title. So like there's, it's with Adesanya being in the middle, it's great for Adesanya because he's going to keep getting big fights and he, people are talking about him and he's going to get title shots and, and all that. But everyone around him, is getting kind of boxed out and uh, Tashira being the prime example of that, because like, and I mentioned heavyweight because it, you know, if, if something happened and like they, they, for whatever reason, can't get Steve Miocic and Francis Ngannou into a cage again uh, against each other sometime soon, because like that, it just makes no sense how that still wasn't like a, a signed fight that rematch. I don't know. I just don't get it. I would, I would just have to share a jump the entire line. I'd be like, you know what? Don't don't worry about cutting weight. You earned a title shot. We have boxed you out at your own weight class. If you're willing to go up and take on Miocek, like you've earned a shot at a title, like we'll give it to you. You know, like something. No, th- that would be an interesting pivot because uh, I haven't even, Glover has been light heavyweight for so long. I haven't even allowed my mind to go there. I'd be interested in that fight, man. I, I would. I just think it- it's, it's, it's again, we're, we're, we're trying to be, or I guess we're not there. They're trying to just force this fight, which again, I, I understand how we're trying to get there, but at the end of the fucking day, like, if we're trying so hard to get Izzy and Bone, just let them fucking fight. Who cares? Yeah, like, I agree. Especially if, if like, Blahovich is going to, like, I think Blahovich could knock out Izzy. Absolutely he could. And I think it goes back to your point, too, of, like, it, it, what happens then now, because it makes so much sense for Glover, uh, or excuse me, for, for Stipe to fight Francis right there. Glover goes up and beats Stipe, hypothetically, and then, so what happens then? Does, does Stipe get her auto- automatic rematch? Now fucking Francis, who's fought, what, four seconds yeah. the past two years, is not right. fighting again. I um, know. It's, it's just, it feels like we're trying to force uh, so many round pegs and square holes when we're really, again, it's it's easy. You let Glover a- a get a shot at the light heavyweight title. Have Izzy fight whoever. If you really, again, you could, no one's going to question uh, Israel Adesanya versus John Jones, like, any more or less if he fights, I guess. I mean, I guess maybe that if he, you know, beats Bobich for the title. But still, at the end of the day, it's one one fight at that weight class. Like, what the, who cares? Just make a little fight, like, if you really want it. And you could tell just as much as anyone else that pays attention. That's the fight that it's like, you, you see Uncle Dana doing the, like, the baby from Cash Money Records hand rub. Like, <laughs> yeah. money to be made there, dog. I get it. Just do it. Yeah, and and I mean that makes the most sense out of all. But at the end of the day, is like Jones versus Izzy is a huge fight that people want to see. Uh, but I also don't know like what the status of Jones really is as far exactly. as like like because he gave up the belt to go to heavyweight. Like if he's been putting on bulk to fight at heavyweight, he's not going to want to have to cut to light heavyweight anytime soon. Probably he probably wants to fight at heavyweight. So like I I I don't know how this is all gonna. And that's the other thing too. John Jones at heavyweight, like, 
like, do you just give him the title shot against Stipe? Like, I mean, yes. Like, I think you have to. But then again, like, when does that happen? Because you have to do, you have to do Francis versus Stipe before Jones. Because, yes. because like you said, Francis has fought for like four fucking seconds for the last year. Like, he had, he had, he needs to be active. Like, he can't, like, not even for my own sake as a fan, like, for his sake. Because I know he's, every time I hear him talk in interviews, he sounds pissed off at the UFC. Like, he just sounds like he's just in this fucking purgatory of like, like, I, I want to be active. I want to fight every few months. By going there, I, I just smoke someone fast. I'm like still, I can fight again that weekend. And it's like, and, and but because of the circumstances over and over again, they just keep passing him up. And then the next thing he knows, another year goes by. He's had one fight. Um, I mean, he's losing time out of his prime. Like just sitting on the sidelines waiting for fights. Yeah. Like, you know, if... And I, I'm not I'm not big on interim titles, but like if Stipe can't stay active, they need to do something for Francis. Like it needs to be Francis versus Jones for the interim or something. Like they need they need to because then there's a clear path once again to the champion. Like if you're holding an interim championship, now we've seen things happen where like Colby Covington was the champion, for instance, and he didn't get a title shot while he was interim champion. They stripped him before all that and blah blah blah. Like there's been times where the interim champion wasn't next in line, but most times. Like, basically what I'm saying is if John Jones or, An- or Francis Ngannou is holding a title, yeah, then that that's a pretty big claim because you could, I mean, you still got to say Sipe is the man and Sipe is the champion and he never lost that belt in that scenario. But there are a lot of people that are going to be like, well, what if? Like, I know, I know Sipe beat Francis before, but Francis is a lot better and he's never fought Jones. Like, neither of these guys have fought Jones. And and Jones at heavyweight, I think, is probably going to be even better than him at light heavyweight because he won't have to deal with any weight cutting. So, like, I don't know, man. Like, there, there's just so much. It's it's such a weird. And I don't know if it's even, like, if it's even fixable. Like, if, if you were, like, to change the weight classes to, like, every 10 pounds and create a few more titles. But I, I think that we'd still be seeing the same problems with, like, the, mm-hmm. the ranking system and stuff. Ranking so, system, forcing, yeah. trying to force super fights. I mean, for I get if it makes sense, but it feels like we're just we're we're trying to jump to the end too much. Yeah, I'm with you. Now it made it, it makes sense in some cases, but yeah. it has but it has to be right. Like like it would have made a lot of sense for George St. Pierre and Anderson Silva in like oh, yeah. the, you know what I mean in like 2000 what like eight or nine eight, or nine, whatever. yeah yeah it's like. That would have made sense. GSP had cleaned out the welterweights and avenged all of his losses. Anderson Silva had won 16 fights in a row. Like, then it makes sense. The the George St. Pierre-BJ Penn fight, even that made sense to that a degree. Because yeah. BJ was so dominant, light, lightweight, that it was like him going back up and he had fought GSP close before welterweight. So, like, it all, it all made sense. GSP wound up smoking him, but it was, it, it made sense. But yeah, some of these other ones, I mean, and really a big person that I blame for this, and maybe he shouldn't deserve the blame, I don't know. I, I kind of like to blame this guy for a lot of stuff, to be honest, but fucking Tyron Woodley. Like when he, when, Ty, when Tyron Woodley won that welterweight title, after he sat out himself for like two years, like waiting for a title shot, like he had one number contender fight against Carlos Condit. And then he sat out on the sidelines. He refused to take any other fights. 
He said the UFC promised me a title shot if I beat Carlos, and he 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 held them to that. And after all this time off, I'm actually going to pull it up so I'm not misquoting the uh, the time frame because he there was a lot of time that he just sat there. Um, let's see here, and, and willingly, like they were they were offering him other fights, and he said, "No, you promised me the title shot, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you to that." He went from, uh, let's see. Oh, sorry, not Carlos Condon. It was the Kellen Gaslam fight. Um, he went from January of 2015 to July of 2016. So he waited about a year and a half. Year and a half. Mm-hmm. And and the the point of all this is once he won the title, Woodley, then he started calling out Nick Diaz, who was retired. Started talking about Conor McGregor. Started talking about uh, everyone outside of his own weight class. Um, because he immediately wanted to super fights because, because he, he saw himself as like this massive star now. And, and I was like, and that was a big problem to me because I think we not, I'm not saying once again, it's necessarily his fault, but we're seeing a lot of people with that type of mindset now where they win a championship and they're immediately trying to get a super fight against another champion. And we weren't really seeing that so much. I mean, Conor McGregor is really what blasted it all off, but, but to be fair, like, it's fucking Conor McGregor. Like we have to treat him totally different than everyone else because he's just such a bigger star than everyone else. Like he's just gonna his circumstances are just different. As different. as as, yeah, right. as as unfair as it might be, he could literally call the UFC right now and say, "Hey, I'm ready to fight, and I want Kamaru Usman for the welterweight title," and they would make the fight. Like they would, they would just they would, you know. It it's really amazing. Again, I, I know I. I'd... I know people don't want to hear it. There's going to be a, a section that hate it, but the, just the similarities between uh, pro wrestling and, and MMA, it just it blows me away even there. Like this is, Connor is just such a good example of, you know, so many times you see people in wrestling say, hey, I've been in this, you know, I've done this longer. I've fought more. I've done this more. Well, what is the, when you this or that? And then the, the, those of us that can see it, you go, well, look what he's doing. Yes. You know, captivating a crowd. You know, Connor shows up 20, 30 minutes, 45 minutes late to a, a press conference, and th- they're not even mad. They're waiting on him. You know what I mean? Like, a, you do that at a goddamn concert, and your crowd's going to be throwing shit at you, but they're just, they're waiting for Connor. He, he throws, he, you know, he catches, a, he catches a charge, and uh, and it's like, well, fuck, this is cool as shit. There's just something about him that, yeah, he, he as good as he's, as he's been for the UFC, he's also there's been those things now that it's like, well, I want to get paid like Connor. It's like you gotta you gotta get the crowd in your hand. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and this also goes to one of my favorite quotes. I don't know if he coined the quote. I don't know, but he's the, the first person I heard say this was MJF. You know, talent over tenure. It's that mm. simple. Like like I think that there's something to be said about being a veteran of like a sport and that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's yep. cool. And as a fan, I appreciate it. But if you have someone like Conor McGregor, or like in pro wrestling, like an MJF, someone who's only been doing it for a very short amount of time, you have him versus another guy who's been doing it for 10, 15 years. You can't just automatically go with the 10, 15 year guy. If the guy who's been doing it for two years is clearly way better and has just this limitless potential. Like, like they're there. And that's someone like Conor McGregor. It's like, well, he hasn't fought that many times and he's really, he's, he's not active and, you know, and, you know, easy or not easy opponents, but kind of handpicked opponents handpicked, that yes. did, didn't want to wrestle him and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, 
you know what? Fuck all that. The guy's a massive fucking star who's knocking motherfuckers out. Like you, like people can say anything they want about him, but like when you go in there and you knock out Jose Aldo, who was undefeated for the last like ten years, and knock him out in one punch in thirteen seconds, like that's some legendary shit. No matter who you are. No, that is. That's a moment that you'll. I mean, it's the UFC's gonna be playing that until you know. Blade Runner 2049 is a thing. Like, that's life. Um, yeah, no, there, there's just nothing that can be said for what he does. And then we're seeing it. I mean, you see it now to your to your point, man. It, it's uh, everyone wants to. And 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 I don't. And this is one thing we, we both agree on that we don't want. We're not saying that fight. We're on the these these fighters should be paid more today for fighting the matches that the, the fights they're already having. Uh, so I'm not hating on them to want to get paid more. But that, you know, you're looking for that is going to have that big check and especially in this sport that so much money's being made i mean i know it's covid year but in an average year a lot of money to be made these fighters should be paid for uh, so i don't i don't blame them for that but it is it's a it's a the connor effect the mcgregor effect yeah and we're definitely on the same page there like we we both think that the fighters are underpaid as it is um they they should be making more money and somebody I'm I am not a political person. This is never going to be a political podcast. But the one someone that I think people really need to be paying attention to the next four years because like this has been just such a shit show. Like like this past the past four and like what's going on right now and all that stuff. It's just such a shit show. And there's this guy Andrew Yang. I talk about him all the time. Like he ran for president this year. He didn't make it very far, but like he did get a lot of support and he's out there. And, and I think he's going to make a strong run in four years. He's moving to Georgia soon, and I hope I get to actually meet him. Like, I, I respect this guy a lot. And a big reason why is because these are the kind of things he wants to fucking fix. Like, like he – what did I hear him talk about the other day? Um, um, like, I heard him just the other day talking about how, like, journalists for instance like a big reason he wants universal income like a universal basically he wants to give everyone a thousand dollars a month no matter who you are um and part of it is because like journalists and people like me then you in this kind of space like it's hard sometimes to get full-time work it's actually very hard yeah, it's a very, very small hard. percentage of people and it gives you that kind of buffer to like you know you know you maybe can pay rent with this and still do what you're trying to do um, professionally and still be like fulfilled in that way and he wants to go after the wwe like like by name like the wwe he wants to go in there and and fix the way their contracts work because it's it's crazy how they're independent contractors who have no say in anything and it's the same with the ufc he'd be doing the same thing he'd be going in there and being like look there has to be something set up where you you can't just make this kind of Reebok deal or, or sign these TV deals without the fighters having a say or getting a part of it. Like this is, and, and once again, not a political thing. You can vote for whoever you want to. I, I don't care what side you're on, whether you're the right or the left or whatever. It does not matter to me personally. If you're an MMA fan or wrestling fan, you're good with me. Like that's, that's all I fucking care. Like, <laughs> like I don't, but I just want to put that out there. So people, even if you don't vote for Andrew Yang in four years, like just kind of have that kind of stuff in mind that there are people out there that obviously there's bigger fish to fry in the world, but like there's, but that's what, that's what the point of this is, is like, we could maybe one day have somebody who obviously Andrew Yang himself, if he's the president of the country, he's not going to be spending his time day to day, like talking to Vince McMahon, but like he'll have somebody hired who well, 
You know, like it's it's it, we have you know like there are people out there that can help that can directly help the 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 industries that we're interested in, and and yeah, I just think it's so cool that uh that that people like that are out there because maybe one day we're not having this fucking conversation anymore about fighters just getting ridiculously underpaid and wrestlers getting just totally screwed over just constantly and and all this kind of stuff and and yeah so but but that's it's frustrating as a fan like because i love seeing someone like conor mcgregor get the money he gets like i think it's fucking awesome um because the, the companies are doing just fine and you know and then you have these guys you know we talk about it all day but it's just yeah, it's it's a bummer. I I didn't look up to see what Teixeira made for this fight. I hope I hope Teixeira got good money, considering how long he's been around. I hope he got yeah. paid well. Yeah, no, I didn't look at the pay the payout either, but I would hope six figures. Um, so so uh, we had talked about a lot of wild cards, and we don't know anything, but let's just say a, a somewhat reasonably minded and and Glover <clears throat> Glover does get a, a crack at Blahovich. We it's probably not going to happen. Maybe it does. Who knows? We let's just say it does. Where would you lean in that matchup for for Glover and Blahovich? Um, man, that's a really really tough one. That's uh, a good fight. That's a good fight. It is. Oh, it's a great fight. Yeah, I think. And yeah, I can't stress it enough. I think that's the fight that should happen next. Um, I've been. I mean, I've been on the Blahovich hype train like for a minute now. Uh, ever since he moved to light heavyweight. Um. Well, is that, is that what he did? That's what he did, right? I think he was fighting in middleweight before that, and then when he made the move. I believe um, so. I know, I know Santos. Was it Santos who did that, too? We've been seeing that a lot lately, uh, successfully. Anthony Smith also did that. Um, but, but yeah, Blahovich has... He's just been looking so good. Like, my so heart good. my heart says to Shara, like, because I feel like maybe he can do the same. But I... I don't know. I feel like if Blahovich hits you, yeah, like, it, but then again, I mean, Santos beat Blahovich, but it was it was a while back, and once again, I think that was in middleweight. I'm going to double check so I don't uh, sound stupid here. Um, let's see. Oh no, that was at uh, that wasn't light heavyweight, I believe. Oh shit. Yeah, it wasn't light heavyweight. So, uh, mm. was. So why am I getting confused here? Was was Santos not fighting a middleweight before this? Oh, he was okay. That's where I'm getting confused. Santos was fighting at middleweight before that, and then he fought Blahovich a couple fights into his light heavyweight run. Okay, that makes more sense. But regardless, I mean, so because part of me wants to say like, well, if Blahovich hits you, now okay, let me also put it this way: I think if Blahovich and Ray and uh, Santos rematch, I'll take Blahovich in the rematch. I think Blahovich yeah. is looking better now. But uh, as far as a prediction, I think Santos ha- or I think uh, I think Teixeira has more ways to win, uh, especially with his ground game. But I'm uh, uh, that's such a hard one to call because, like, I think officially I have to go with Blahovich, but. Like I kind, like I'd love to see Teixeira win. Just to be honest, just it's such a great story. That's me. I, I, I want to say Glover, but looking at what we do, I think if Blahovich lands the way Santos did, that's probably that could be it. That could be it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Also, uh, so mm, that's such a good fight, though. The fact I'm, that I have I, to think about this much is a great sign. 
I want it so bad. I hope we get it. Where I'm going to tweet the UFC because they'll listen to me. Um, <laughs> in our co-main event, heavyweight Andre Arlovsky. I can't remember if we. I, I can't remember if we picked him. I think we did because we're such big fans of him. But Arlovsky got the decision win, unanimous, 29-28 across the board. Uh, how did you feel about this? I didn't get to see this one live. I went back and watched it, but uh, there were not great things said about it on Twitter. Yeah. So. Just for the record, yes, I did choose Andre Olovsky to win this fight, and it's because I choose him every time. It's a no-brainer. You could be fighting uh, Francis Ngannou or Stipe Miocek, and I'll still choose Andre Olovsky. Like, it's just, it's just what I do. But yeah. but I said on our pre-show, though, I, I thought that Tanner Bozier was a better— like, if you were putting money on the fight, I'd, I'd bet on Tanner Bozier. And, um, and Arlovsky, I mean— not an exciting fight. That's that's where the hate's coming from. But it's impressive that Arlovsky could get the win, though. Like, he beat a, a guy who's hungry, who was coming off of, I think, two wins in a row prior to that. And Arlovsky's been really up and down. But I don't know. Like, Arlovsky's chin looks better than it has, which is real strange. Because, like, that never happens where someone's chin, like, seems to get better. Um, Yeah, I... I I mean, so that just kind of is what it is. Like, Arlovsky did what he needed to win. Um, you, you can't be – and there's there's no blame that can really be put one way or another. Like, you know what I mean? It isn't something where, like, Arlovsky just didn't fight him and just outpointed him. Like, it was – like, both guys were fairly inactive, and Arlovsky got the better of him. Yeah, no, you're in there with a legend, so I get it. I, I, I thought for – I wasn't shocked to hear that and then see it later that – you know, we've seen it before. You get in there again. You know, Arlovsky may not be the the fighter he was, at least in a lot of people's eyes from years ago. But that's still fucking that's the pit bull over there, bro. And and uh, and yeah, happy got the win. Um, so we you're thinking this isn't it, right? For Arlovsky, definitely more fights to come. How how many slash how much longer do you think we see uh, Arlovsky in the cage? Oh, that's that's literally impossible for me to say because. <laughs> Because had you asked me, like, let's go back. I'm looking at his record right now. Let's go back to, all right. Had you asked me back in, like, 2000, I would have said, like, he was done then. And we're now in 2020, and, you know, he's still doing it. And, like, he's still getting wins. I mean, it's the co-main event of a, <laughs> of a show, like, <laughs> uh, over a guy who's, like, Tanner Bozier's a good fighter. Like, there, this is a good win. Um I mean, because so for those of you, for those of you who might not remember, or maybe weren't, you know, fans back in, if I go all the way back to 2008, um, or even if you go back a little bit farther, like when he was the champion, for instance, so loses the belt to Tim Sylvia, um, and then loses the rematch, goes on a one, two, three, four, five fight win streak, and at the end of that win streak, what a lot of people forget is Andre Arlovsky left the UFC on his own. As a free agent, he was one of the first like guys to like voluntarily leave the UFC to try to make more money in another company. Now we had seen that like in Pride and stuff too, but like Pride um, was no like Pride had shut down and um, the, and basically Elite XC and Affliction mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff was what a um, shout out, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Um, and the way that it wound up working out. Is so he was actually on a three fight win streak in the UFC at this point. Um, we're talking about, and 
Arlovsky was still in a position at that time. He had beaten Fabrizio Verdum uh, recently as well during this. He was still at a time where it was like he he was like in the title mix. Like he could have gotten another UFC title shot. He was still a, a like a, a top UFC heavyweight at this time, and because affliction had started, he wanted to go and fight Fedor. And what they did was basically. He went and fought Ben Rothwell, and this was before Ben Rothwell came to the UFC. It was between Ben Rothwell's run in um, IFL, the the team fighting league that him and Roy Nelson were in before all this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is goes back so far that I'm thinking about it now. I used to watch IFL on like Fox Sports Net or whatever the fuck. Yeah, Fox same World dude, was same. <laughs> um, and fucking, uh, so he beats Rothwell in Affliction, beats Roy Nelson in Elite XC. And then he goes and fights Fedor. And this was like, at the time, everyone was like, everyone, like, because this was Fedor was like, this was his legendary run where he went on like 30 straight wins or whatever the fuck it was and was like the GOAT. And and this was like the biggest fucking heavyweight fight anyone could think of happening at this time. And fucking Arlovsky went in there and he was piecing him up. Like, Arlovsky was piecing up Fedor and everyone was like, oh shit, Arlovsky fucking... Bet on himself, left the fucking UFC. He's gonna fucking be the one to beat Fedor. This is fucking nuts. This is and then crazy. He, <laughs> and then he goes for a fucking like jumping fucking. I don't remember if he spun or not, but I definitely remember him being in the air and going for yeah. like a knee. And, and like Fedor, knee. yeah, and Fedor just fucking flatlined him. <laughs> just, <laughs> just whack. And it was like, oh no. But it was still like Andre Arlovsky, like fuck. Had he not gone for the fucking flying knee or whatever, like fuck, he might have been the one to do it. Like it's still motherfucking Andre Arlovsky. But then Brett Rogers knocks him out. He loses the Bigfoot Silva. Kiratonov knocks him out. And then everyone's thinking this guy's just fucking done. Like damn, like the downfall of Andre Arlovsky. He comes then out of nowhere. Win, win. No contest with Tim Sylvia because of illegal kicks. Win, win. And then he runs into Anthony Johnson at heavyweight and loses, which is just an anomaly of a fucking fight in itself. The fact that we had at any point in our lives, Anthony Rumble Johnson versus Andre Arlovsky at heavyweight. This is a World Series of Fighting, which is now known as PFL. Um, And then that's when, like, the magic really happens. Because (laughs) he goes on a one, two, three, four, five, six-fight winning streak. And so he came back into the UFC, beats Brendan Schaub, Rematches Bigfoot Silva and gets that win back by KO. Beats Travis Brown by TKO. Beats, uh, you know, another former champion in Frank Mir. And it's like, holy shit, Andre Olovsky might get another fucking UFC title shot. Like, this make, this is fucking insane. And then, loses to Stipe. Loses to Stipe, Obrey, Loses yeah. to Barnett. Loses to Ngannou. Loses to Daibura. One, yeah. two, three, four, five in a row. But you know what? The UFC doesn't cut him for whatever reason. Like, they're just like, fuck it. Like, just keep going. Those next thing you know, names. yeah. Next thing you know, yeah, exactly. That's part of it too. He's be it's it's legends that he's fighting. Then he goes back out there. Fuck it. Beats Junior Ambini. Beats Stefan Struve. And now it's been kind of a mixed bag. He loses three in a he loses three in a row. Wins. Loses to Jairzino Rosenstrike. Which, to be honest, if he somehow had beaten Rosenstrike, we're probably talking about Arlovsky as a potential title challenger. Oh my god! You know, in twenty twenty. In twenty twenty. And then, but but here's the thing, dude. After that, back to back wins over Felipe Lins and Tanner Bozier, which 
you know, like not like the like the most impressive wins, but that's a two fight streak in the heavyweight division, which always counts for something. And I'm not saying that we're gonna necessarily see like a Teixeira style resurgence here, but like it's possible. You know, like if Arlovsky beats the right guy next, like he's back in the mix at at that weight class, which is just fucking insane. The he's uh, he needed a cat like nickname that many the many lives this fucking guy's got, bro. You like the, the it feels so it feels like it was thirty years ago uh, the Fedor fight. You know what I mean? Like that's how long yeah. ago that feels. And and to your again, two straight wins in the UFC. Um, it's it's really like it's almost another one of those. I can't wait for the thirty for thirty on Andre Arlovsky. Yeah, oh, that'll be fantastic uh, if they ever make something like that, dude. Because I mean, I, the thought. I mean, when you're going through those stretches, like uh, his thoughts at the time, where are you at mentally? I mean, just again, the mental toughness of this guy to to handle that many down waves and, and come right back, especially in like you're saying that stretch where man. That's just killer after killer after killer. And that's how after he's already been in the damn, like been in the big leagues for going on 15 years or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's nuts. Yeah. I mean, especially the way he was losing these fights. Yeah, dude. Like, I mean, he was getting knocked out cold and uh, and he went through some wars also, like where he got hit a lot and fucking, you know, you watch like the fight this past weekend and like. Tanner Bozier hit him clean a few good times, like, and Bozier's got power, and Arlovsky just, like, shrugged it off. It was like, it's like, had you been hit with that same shot in 2011 or whatever, like, it's fucking lights out, but, like, something is, ha- I, I don't know, I mean, he's still, he's still susceptible to being knocked out, you know, at the end of the day, I think if you went in there and fought Francis Ngannou, as much as I love Andre Arlovsky, I think, I think Ngannou sleeps him in, like, a minute, I mean, but, but when it comes to, to a lot of these heavyweights, like, you know, if he can weather some of these storms and, and his chin is going to hold up, like, I, I fuck. He's I, I he's not ranked currently, but, you know, the guys towards the bottom half of the top 15, like the, the 10 to 15 guys, like, he's already fought Walt Harris. Um, I know that was a no contest. At least I think it was. Let me go back to Arlovsky's record. Yeah, Walt Harris. Yeah, Harris tested positive. Wasn't this for, like, weed, though? I think it was weed. Yeah, I don't... I have to look more into what this drug actually is. But it's hard for me to... I mean, you never know. But it's hard for me to believe Walt Harris was, like, willingly cheating for that fight, considering, like, Harris should have... You know, on paper, Harris should beat Oster over, or sorry, yeah. should beat um, Andre Arlovsky. But, um, but anyway, this is all a, a very roundabout way of saying, I guess, that um, I'd like to see Arlovsky in there next with like uh, I think he's lost to Ty Burra already. That's where some of this is getting kind of murky. Is like, mm-hmm. yeah, he lost to Ty Burra. Some of these guys towards the bottom fifteen, he has lost to. Uh, Gagne, I don't think is a good matchup for him because it got well, it is if they stay standing. Um, yeah, he's already lost to Sakai. You could always run back him and JDS, like that's just like a legends fight anyone would always be down for. Do it, 
Um, yeah, I don't want to see him in there with like Volkov or, though, or someone no. like that. You know, no. at least not yet. Now, now, if you went out there and like slept JDS, then like I would say maybe him versus Volkov would make sense at some point. But I, I need to. I, I, I mean, as, as hyped as I am to see Arlovsky doing what he's doing, like to be fighting the elite level guys in the division right now, I do think he needs at least one or two more like quality wins before that. But, um, but fuck, he's still, yeah. What can you, what can you say? I mean, he's still in the mix. Uh, he's all, he's probably, he's not in the top 15, but he's probably like 16 or 17. You know, like, I mean, he's right there almost ranked still, which is impressive in itself. Yeah, no, the big, my new goal as a fan is I just want to see, Arlovsky ranked one more time if we can get if he's ranked one more time that guy like that story in itself is, is incredible because uh, I'm with you I thought you know uh, yeah if you'd have told me a decade ago Arlovsky still be fighting I'd be like no there's no yeah. way <laughs> no I'm with you no there's no way uh yeah big win for Andre Arlovsky exciting fight but who gives a shit about that when you're getting dubs man um Finishing up this main card, we had uh, our actually our fight of the night wound up being right here in the middle of the uh, the main card. Uh, unanimous or yeah, unanimous decision win, thirty twenty seven across the board. Um, I, you know, what did you think about this bantamweight this bantamweight scrap, bro? Yeah, I mean, obviously fight of the night, really good match, a really good matchup, and really good fight. Um, Barcelos, like he's gonna be in that mix fast because let me pull up the Bantamweight rankings. Um, I got him right here. All right. Barcel. I'd, I'd imagine he's unranked at the moment. Yes. But when you look at this guy's record, he's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He's won nine in a row. Damn. And, and the last five of those were in the UFC. Um, before that he was the featherweight champion of RFA and he only, vacated the title because he signed with the UFC. So, I mean, this is a guy who, like, he's he's got a lot of potential. Um, and he's a he's a really good uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy, like a lot of accolades in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So, um, and now that's his second fight of the night in the UFC out of five fights. So, uh, good for him. And he also beat Saeed Nurmagomedov. And anytime you beat anyone with the last name Nurmagomedov, whether or not they're related to Habib, because some... <laughs> Because sometimes they're not, and I get really confused on that. Because you would think anyone named with the last name Nurmagomedov would be like related to Habib, but it's a more common last name than I realized um, in that part of the world, I guess. So um, every now and then I see a Nurmagomedov, and I have to like research it. I'm like, okay, is this guy like with Habib? I don't want to sound totally fucking ignorant right now. Um, but uh, but that all being said, uh, fucking Barcelos has a lot of upside. Taha looked good too. Like it was it was a good fight. Um, and yeah, uh, I think Barcelos will definitely be getting a top 15 guy next. That's just such a fucking stacked weight class, phantom weight. Yeah. Killer on top of killer on top of killer. But to your point, you throw him in with one of those killers and he does pretty well. Then we know we got something. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, and it's, it's worth the, uh, the juice is worth the squeeze on that. Like if, if I don't know the, uh, the status of some of these guys' fights coming up, but I mean, if he was to go in there and fight like uh, Davish Bali or uh, Song Yadong or something like that, Rob Font, like it would totally make sense, and it, I think it'd be a really good matchup. Yeah, again, both of those even that might be another fight of the night right there, ready uh, for another check for this guy. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100 percent. The Bantamweight division just in general, especially once you get into the top 15. Um, I mean, there's a lot of really stacked weight classes right now, to be fair. But uh, Bantamweight, the mixture of how stacked it is and how exciting a lot of those fights turn out being, that's a really good recipe for uh, for fight of the nights. Yeah, I, uh, again, couldn't agree more on the uh, the decision for this one to be fight of the night. It was uh, it was a fun one to watch, but uh, I'm with you. I really, uh, another one of those names I've got circled, that next matchup uh, for Barcelos. Uh, very, very intrigued at what the UFC has for him in mind. Uh, moving on, the, these last two of the main card, we have only our second finish of the, uh, of the main card outside of the main event. TKO, head kick, and punches in the first round. Uh, fucking is it Gija or Giga? Gija, Gija. Yeah, I think I'm gonna be real bad with this name. Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, check Desi to Jesus to Jay over Jamie Simmons. TKO <laughs> first round finish. Um, and then a fight you and I were both excited about the women's strawweight uh, scrap to open things up. Uh, how did these shake out for you? Um, I mean, nice, nice head kick. <laughs> I talk, 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 talk about that every time there's a head kick i'm always like shout out to crow cop like anytime i see any kind of head kick right right head kick left head kick whatever um and this is actually the only uh the only fight i got wrong on my predictions because i did like a twitter prediction right before the fight and uh threw those out there and simmons was the only person i was wrong about on the main card um i didn't do predictions for the prelims but uh but yeah, not necessarily surprising, but uh Giga, uh, I I know that he's uh how many fights now in the UFC? That's his fifth UFC fight and oh yeah, all five wins. So yeah, you know, big upside for him. And then Jan Zionan, I, I might be pronouncing the Zionan part incorrectly, but um uh, I chose her over Claudia Gadelia as well. And um and I thought it was this was a really close fight. And I think that the decision was correct. And uh, at women's straw weight, things get really interesting. I mean, they've already been interesting, but it's getting it's getting much more interesting now because um, now that you have Zion, I think so. I think she was eight coming into the fight. I don't think that the uh, the rankings have been updated yet. They might have been, um, but she's ranked number eight at straw weight. And you know, the champion is Wiley Zhang. And if you if they if they're down to fight each other, I have no idea. And this is going to sound ignorant and racist for even saying this, but like I don't know, I, I don't know if they know each other. I don't know if they train together. I don't know because I know they're from you know that part of the world. So like I don't I don't I, and it's it's a very large country. You know like I I understand that, but I don't I don't know if there's every now and then you run into situations right where like people won't fight yeah. each other because they either respect each other or they train together and. Maybe I don't know if that's the case with the with these two at all. Um, but if they're willing to fight each other, that's a huge matchup for Asia, like in the whole world. But like especially the, like that whole Asian market, that's that's a big fucking fight because Wiley Zhang has been fucking awesome. Hell and, yeah, yeah. And and Zion has looked has looked really really good as well. Um, now does she jump the list of killers in front of her and immediately get that shot? Probably not. Um, but that's kind of it's interesting because like Zhang, I don't know if uh, what's going on with Rose right now. Is she is she gonna fight Wiley or 
I don't know how this is going to work out because I think that they need to do Wiley Zhang versus Rose Namajunas. I think that's like the fight that needs to happen next. And I don't know if they've, if they've actually talked about doing that yet or, or how that's going to work out. But because after that, you know, Zhang's already beaten Yuan and Jacek and granted it was like the best female fight ever. So, I mean, if they ran that back at some point, I wouldn't be mad about it. Um, Carla Esparza, I, I just don't see Carla Esparza, you know, getting that next shot. Although she was the champion uh, previously. Uh, and then, yeah, like Anzaroff, is, you know, Yadale just lost to Zion Ann. Watterson's kind of in there. I, I mean, to, honestly, like Zion Ann's, she has a chance of like getting the next title shot, if not one win away, like with how things are right now and who, who Zhang's already beaten. Yeah, no, that's the fight. I'm with you. That's the one. I I swore that that was a thing, but I could be just my mind wanting it to be a thing. Uh, Nami Yunus and Zhang. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. Like I said, I don't think it's been like official. But well, you know what? I bet. I mean, I'm sure a large part of it is Zhang is is in Asia and the whole COVID thing. I mean, that's. Um. Now, once again. Uh, and that's the other thing, and I'm sounding a bit ignorant. I don't know where Zion and trains out of. For all I know, she lives in Asia. For all I know, she lives in Vegas. I, I don't know. Um, so, although her home country might not be here, she might train here full time, and maybe it isn't nearly as difficult to get her on a show. Whereas um, Wiley Zhang, it's totally possible. You know, she's living in Asia, and she like she was actually one of the first people I remember who like was talking about COVID, just like in general. Yeah. Um, so like that's uh, cause I remember that's so wild to think about. I was in Las Vegas while all the COVID stuff was like making the news and I was there live at the Wiley Zhang fight. And then everyone was talking about how, like all of Asia was like becoming infected and all this stuff. And people were like, wait, you're like, there was a ton of Asian people at the UFC show. And it was like, wait, do we all have COVID? Like, everyone was like, so like, no one knew what to think about any of it. Because, like, it was just such a wild-ass fucking weekend in time where, like, people weren't even wearing masks in, like, the airports yet. But, like, within, like, the next, like, three days, the airports were shut down. You know, it's like, it was fucking wild. And the reason I bring all that up is because Zhang, like, I remember that being a thing because she was, like, oh, yeah, it's, like, huge in my country right now. And, like, I think she got stuck in Vegas for a while because, like, she couldn't travel back um, back home and stuff. So, like, um, so the reason, I once again, I bring all of this up is because maybe it isn't just as easy as, like, getting Zhang to fight right now. Maybe there, there's there's issues with the travel. Um, because we've seen that with AEW also. Like, like uh, Riho, who is, like, one of the top women's wrestlers. She hasn't been on AEW since the pandemic, basically, because she's been stuck in Asia and she can't travel. So, like, that I guess that is a factor we need to consider, too, for, for Zhang and the championship. No, you're right. It's we The UFC has done such a good job staying active that that's this is, like, the one sport, the one thing I really keep up with that I feel like I do forget that at times. I'm like, oh, yeah, fucking there are COVID rules for the UFC. That's just a, that's a... Uh, shout out to the fighters and to the the organization, I guess, for really, this is the one thing that, I mean, I guess football's done a pretty good job, but we still lost, you know, this and that. And it was so weird, but the UFC at this point, after months of having shows like every weekend, man, it kind of feels somewhat normal, but that's a a great point to bring up again, bro, for real. Yeah, well, and they, they, like, 
Uh, what did the UFC do? They took like three weeks off. Yeah. And then they, they've been doing something almost every weekend since. I mean, and, and that's the difference between them and like, I mean, I agree. I think the NFL has done a great job so far. I think the NBA did a good job with the bubble yes. and all that stuff. But those are also seasonal sports like that. Like, you know, they had a bunch of time to prepare for all this stuff um, like in the off season or like how the NBA shut down and the MLB and then restarted and all that. They had time to figure it out. Pro wrestling and in, in, in the UFC and, you know, Bellator shut down for a minute, but like they came back pretty quick. But like <clears throat> the point being the UFC in particular and uh, AEW and the WWE, I think both all deserve a lot of credit for this. Like, they rolled with the punches and like just never shut down. Like there was no like two, three, four, five months like like process of like figuring things out and then restarting. Like they just fucking UFC just never stopped running shows, which um which I think that's part of why we forget too. It's like they just I mean that that's really fucking impressive. Like what whether people whether whatever your view is on like whether or not people should be running shows or running shows with fans or like whatever the case is, like personally, how it is it is impressive and it and I do think it is very commendable that the UFC like they knew this. Like the 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 people want something to watch, the fighters want to fight, the fighters want to get paid. Um everyone's on board for this. The fighters that don't want to be a part of it don't have to be. There, no one's being forced to to show up and have to deal with COVID protocol. They can they can take time off, and but like the UFC fucking figured out a way to to, to do it and keep it going. Which I mean, I I mean for someone like me especially and you, I'm sure as well. Like there there were there was so much time where there was just nothing to do and like the having a UFC show on a Saturday night it fucking ruled that. It ruled yeah. that. Yeah, man. Yeah, and then. <laughs> The, the keeping up with it and, and all that, man, it's a good, it's a little bit of a distraction at times. Uh, man, I, I have really appreciated it for sure. Um, uh, finishing up this card from this past weekend, and then we'll have a very, very small preview uh, for this weekend's coming up show. But uh, on the prelim card, uh, every every fight had a finish, bro. Uh, Trevin Giles with the, the main event, if you will, of the prelim card. The middleweight got the uh, TKO. Uh, Alexander Romanov got a forearm choke. That was our second performance of the night. Uh, the GG win, that was the other performance of the night to go along with the already mentioned fight of the night. Darren Elkins got the finish, the rear naked choke, Max Griffin, TKO, Dr. Stoppage, and Gustavo Lopez with a rear naked submission to kick things off. And that was one. Uh, it happened a couple times tonight that the uh, the non Wikipedia page won out uh, <laughs> won out again. But uh, uh, you know, I know I know you had a couple thoughts on these. Uh, anything you want to get in on the prelim uh, fights? Yeah, um, yeah. Shout out to the that's a running theme on our show. For those of you who may have <laughs> not have followed us from our previous outlet to hear, like the no Wikipedia page is the most deceiving thing in combat sports. Is seeing that no someone doesn't have a wikipedia and then picking against that person because of it is dangerous because it's a dangerous of, <laughs> yeah a lot, of these, a lot of these people wind up winning um but uh and speaking to that point romanov Boom. that shit was awesome like that was one where like i was watching AEW on the other screen as this fight was happening and i happened to look over like right as this, this finish was happening he literally like it was so bizarre like he basically was in like half guard and just just was leaning on the dude's neck with his forearm. Like it was like it wasn't. It was clearly something that they had, he had like trained before, 
but something that seemed just so easily avoidable and something that no one does. I mean, literally, literally, like we see that same position a million times, like every UFC show, someone's in half guard or full guard or, or side control or whatever. And they have their forearm like over or some, or, you know, a lot of the times you see someone's like hand go over someone's mouth and stuff like that. This was literally him like just posting his forearm right on the dude's Adam's apple and just leaning into him and the dude tapped out like or, or I, I don't know if he, I think he's I can't remember if he verbally I don't know he didn't verbally he I think he just went out cold actually just Man, went out, out yeah mm-hmm. and it's and that was fucking wild and then also shout out to Darren Elkins um the damage the damage uh the the worst tattoo in the history of, <laughs> of, of fighting but um, I shouldn't say that. There's been people who have actual like swastikas on their arms that have fought before. So like, those are the worst. Oh, I, yeah. I will not. I will not. I'll, I'll make that clear. I'm not going to categorize because I feel like maybe one day someone will hear this show and be like, "You're going to say something about the damage, but not about you know so and so who is rocking a fucking swastika." It's like, okay, no, no, no. That no, that is worse. <laughs> like for sure, way worse. That's for sure worse. Um, but the point being that that the damage tattoo on Darren Elkins' chest is just so like, because it looks like it's like stitched in and like bleeding and all that shit. It's just like, I know you thought it was cool when you got it, but like when you're fucking sixty years old, I, I just don't see that being cool. But like, anyways, fucking love watching the guy fight. Always <laughs> brings it. Um, don't care what kind of tattoos he has when he fights the way he does. In the mindset he has, he's just a, he's a fucking savage. He's he's the fucking damage. Like the damage is the best nickname for this guy. Like I love watching him fight. He keeps doing his thing. Like fuck it. Is he ever going to be the world champion? No. But can he have a bunch of exciting fights at featherweight, especially because that division also is stacked to the fucking gills? Like hell yeah. Like so, shout out to Darren Elkins and shout out to Max Griffin. He's still doing it too. He's been around a long time, uh, still getting, you know, getting wins. So I, I'd give shout outs to all of them. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I, anytime Darren Elkins is on a card, I get excited. Uh, very happy. Again, we're not, nothing to be upset about when you're getting uh, all finishes. So uh, big time, uh, big time prelim card uh, all over. I mean, it, it, I was at a show, um, uh, that night so the prelim especially I felt like every time I was on you know I'd hop on social media it was here's the finish here's that I'm just like god damn pal so uh, <laughs> great stuff there uh, again we can't get out without shouting out Glover to share one more time man winning that main event uh, now we'll, we'll pivot over preview what we can uh, I guess the big news right is we we don't know Rafael Dos Anjos they're looking for someone uh, what I mean what's what's happening man that's a good fucking question. Uh, I I don't know what they're going to do because, I mean, so I'll throw this out there. I'll, I'll say what a lot of people are thinking, and I'll say what RDA has said. And up to the point of us recording the show, I hadn't seen anything about, like, an official replacement or anyone actually getting offered anything, like, officially. But a lot of people were speculating it could be Michael Chandler. And... If well, it, I, I can say uh, before we hopped on here, it may have been early this morning, Chandler tweeted something to the effect of uh, they've already got something in, in plan for, for Michael Chandler. OK, and that I mean, and that would make more sense because, you know, this was supposed to be a welterweight fight with RDA and Chandler is going to be fighting it. I mean, I'm assuming he's going to be fighting that fight you're talking about at lightweight. So, um, 
and, and Chandler want he should be in the mix of lightweight. Um, so I, I'm at, it's actually kind of a, a somewhat of a relief to hear that because I, I didn't think the fight with him and RDA would make a lot of sense, but it would be a good matchup to introduce Chandler to the audience. But it is also kind of dangerous. I mean, RDA still could beat him. Um, oh, so, absolutely. Yeah, so um, especially because of RDA's wrestling. like Or sorry, RDA's uh, jiu-jitsu. Chandler does good wrestling, but RDA's jiu-jitsu, that would have been interesting. Um but with it, we'll assume that that's not what's going to happen. So if I'm looking at people, I mean, you can kind of look at lightweights also, because with the short notice aspect, it would it'd be realistic for a lightweight to take this fight because they wouldn't have to cut weight. You know what I mean? It'd be like, a, you know, you're already walking around around 170 or something like that. So like, um, and, but for a welterweight, there's going to be welterweights that are, you know, that are ready to go. You know, it also sucks having to cut weight, you know, for what, five days out from the show. Yeah, so dude. like, um, like, I, I don't know, uh, part of me wants to be like, just fucking just put Chameyov in there. He'll fight him. Like, <laughs> like, like, I, know, like I know that I know they just booked Chameyov and Leon Edwards, but I mean, if Chameyov can do what he's done to everyone else to RDA, like that doesn't. You know, the, we're still going to get Jamayov and Edwards if if he does that to RDA also. Um, now, I don't want to look past RDA like that either. Like, to be fair, former champion, legend in his own right, still a very good fighter. Um, but yeah, I don't I just I just don't know who's who's for one who's available, who's mm-hmm. close, who's close to weight, who makes sense, like like who's a good enough fight. Um because, like, Makachev wasn't ranked, but, like, this was his opportunity to get into the rankings over a, a big name. Um, yeah, he had a pretty... Was he, like... <clears throat> he's not undefeated, but he's only got, like, a loss, right? Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. I can pull him up real... Well, I thought I was going to be able to. Um, why can I not... Like, all this shit disappeared off my screen. There it is. <laughs> um uh yeah his only loss was uh in 2015 okay yeah 18 and one i I mean yeah he's a he's a very very good fighter like this was a great fight like this is the the kind of problem here and it's kind of what we're almost kind of alluding to at the moment is like this was a one fight show for the most part like it it is and it was that fight like that was a really good matchup um, it was, was something where if RDA could beat Makachev, like RDA solidifies that he's still a top 15, if not top 10 guy. And and if Makachev wins, he's in the top 15 or the top 10. So like it was, and, and I just, I just don't know, like I'm looking through the rankings and honestly, I mean, like, honestly, of all the people I'm seeing, this is random as hell. But if he's close to weight, I w- I if they I'd offer it to Paul Felder. I think oh, that shit. because because Felder would normally be a lightweight, but he is not cutting for a fight currently. I'm assuming, and he's probably walking around close to welterweight or can make welterweight fairly easily, and that's a banger of a fight. Um, I mean, that's just a like it's a it'd just be a good matchup that we've never seen before. And it's realistically winnable for either guy. 
and a loss to either guy doesn't really hurt because it's like two different weight classes and it's a last minute fight. Um, but a win still definitely helps because like a win over either guy still matters. So I do something like that. I'd throw like a Paul Felder in there if he, if he's ready to go. Yeah, no, that's a big question mark. We don't know, but it, hypothetically, if that's possible, I mean, that that's a main event. You know what I mean? Like that's a, that, that could be booked a, a few weeks out, a couple months out. And that's a main event. Yeah. And then the other option, I guess, um, we've seen it before, but you know, Cowboy Cerrone and, and RDA are supposed to be having a grappling match soon. Oh shit. So it's like if our if if Cowboy's in shape and like he wants to fight and like he's gonna be grappling RDA anyways, like maybe you run that back UFC main event. Like, I mean it's kinda of still Cowboy Cerrone and, and RDA. I mean, it's 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 got name value at the very least, you know. So I mean, a cowboy obviously has always been that guy who would do something like that. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'd personally it's chapter. It is. It would be. Um, but I also think Cowboy's trying to be a little smarter now yeah. about the end of his career, and you know, like he's probably going to be a lot more. I would assume he'll be a lot more selective and uh, take more time off between fights uh, because you know, if he's been smart with his money, he he shouldn't have. You know, not that he had to before. I mean, he was, if there was anyone doing it for the love of the game in UFC history, mm-hmm. it was that guy. But um, I don't know. But you know what I mean? It's one of those things where, like, if we were talking about, like, five, ten years ago, Cowboy Cerrone, I think he'd take this fight in a heartbeat. But, but like, 2020 Cerrone is probably, like, you know, enjoying time with his kids and yes absolutely you know what i mean like he's not thinking about fighting 24 7 i'm sure no yeah this is a little bit he's more of a grown-up now as as a grown-up as a man called cowboy that just drinks beer and whip asses can be um we agreed no main event we don't know what's going on there uh is there a fight or two though that kind of sticks out again just looking at this you know, there are na- you know, there's names that the the average fan will probably may not recognize for sure. But, the, you know, Eric Anders, we've talked about him before. He has a, had that little streak where he was knocking people out looking this or that way. We've got a- Ashley Yoder, which that kind of, you know, she's she's been on a few shows that people will probably remember. Luis Smoke is on there. So uh, is there a fight or two that maybe you are still saying, hey, you know, if you're tuning in anyway, this, this for sure is, could be fun. Again, Back to our our, uh, our ongoing storyline here. A lot of uh, blue names versus black names on the <laughs> Wikipedia page. Yeah, no, and that's kind of what I uh, was about to say. Is like, I, I there's a lot of good talent on this show. Yes. but I don't. But I don't know much about a lot of their opponents. So, I, I just don't know. Now, if you looked at like Jose Quinones versus, uh, I just said that in the most Hispanic sounding way. I don't know how I just did that. But nice. Not, not Quinones. I fucked his name up, but versus, I don't know yeah. why I fucking just, that was weird. But him, ver- yeah, if, and what's really shitty is I can't roll R's. I've been trying my whole life. Me either. And, and oh man, I wish I could. Um, but Quinones versus Smolka, that's a good fight. Um, both guys are coming off of losses. Um, Quinones recently lost to Sean O'Malley and, um, uh, Smolka recently lost to Casey Kennedy. He's sorry, Casey Kenny, not Kennedy, Casey Kenny. Um, and that's the thing, obviously, uh, Kenny's a really good fighter. Um, and he's kind of hit or miss, but when he hits, he really hits. And Sean O'Malley 
you know, when he lost to O'Malley, it was during the during the the rise. Well, not necessarily the well. He had he had his layoff, but then when when O'Malley came back, and it was UFC 248. I was that was at the same show I was talking about earlier, where I was I was there live for the Zhang and uh, you know you know Jacek fight. Um, O'Malley came out and he he smote Quinones. I mean that looks so damn impressive, but that's that was this <clears throat> kind of a level difference I think at the time. Like, yes. like O'Malley just was just better. Um, so I like that fight. I think that Smolka versus uh, Quinones is going to be uh, that's a good fight, and I think that that'll probably wind up making the main card. Yes. Um, yeah, it's weird having it on the prelim as is, honestly. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not. I I don't know how this car is going to shake out. Like, especially if they wind up losing more fights to COVID and stuff, because that mm-hmm. happens too. Like, you know, not that it really matters because it's all on ESPN anyway. But I'd almost like just call this whole thing the main card because, like, you know what I mean. Like, there's not <laughs> much of it. There's not much of a difference between what, and like that's the same kind of thing. Like Eric Anders. I like him a lot, and and he's a guy that I think he has a lot. He still has a lot of potential. Like he he hasn't even fully like realized his whole potential. But he was a great college football player, and he's super athletic, and he's a really he seems like a really good guy. Like when I was in it, I was at uh, a UFC show in Atlanta, and uh, Andrews fought that night, and I got to remember who he fought because he I remember he lost the fight. It was. Uh, UFC 236. Yep, it was there in Atlanta, Georgia, and he lost to Khalil Roundtree Jr. And I remember that fight. Yeah, you were probably there live, also. I think I was. Um, that was the Adesanya Gaslam show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and what I thought was so cool about Anders was he he lost the fight, and then I noticed him in the crowd, like pretty close to me. And he was like clearly sitting with like his family. It looked like his mom, maybe his grandma. Like it was, it was like family was there, and he was sitting with them. And he had just lost. And I think it's actually against. I might be ratting him out by even saying this, but I think it's actually against like UFC rules to even do what he was doing. Like I, th- I think if you're a part of the show, you're not allowed to go into the crowd. Like while the crowd, while the show's still happening, I think. And I think that's for like uh, liability reasons, right? I, um, I could be wrong, but I feel like I feel like I've heard something about that. But regardless, Andrews was in the crowd. He's sitting with his family and people noticed <clears throat> and started walking up to him. And he took pictures and signed autographs and the whole deal like in in and it was one of those things. I didn't even I didn't even approach him because I was like, this guy's just trying to spend time after his fight with his family. Like I, you know, I, I saw that more as like a personal thing, but like. But he was also like when the fights were going on, like when people like he was friends with or whatever were winning, he was standing up and clapping, and it was just like you seem like a good dude. Like you lost your fight, you're not being fucking selfish. Like you're cheering on your buddies still. You're with your family, and you're still taking pictures and signing stuff for for all the fans. Even though it'd be really easy to just be like, "Look, I lost. Just want to spend some time with my family since they're in town. Like, please just just don't bother me." Like it was none of that. Like, the guy was like, yeah, come on, let's take a picture. You know, like, I mean, that's, uh, I think there's a lot to be said about someone's character who 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 does that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm always, I'm always going to be a fan of his. Um, whether he wins or loses, um, I get behind people like that. And I hope he has a good performance. You know, his, his opponent, Antonio Arroyo, no Wikipedia page, um, 
but I know he has fought in the UFC before because he was a contender series guy. I recognize his name. And he, uh, let me pull him up real quick. He lost, he lost his UFC debut by unanimous decision to Andre Muniz, who I don't know anything about either. So I, uh, I, I hope, I mean, because I, I know more about him and I'm, you know, like I've made it clear, I'm a fan of his. I'd like to see Eric Anders get, uh, get the win here, but, uh, I just want to see some good fights. Like this show is just going to be, Oh, and, and uh, I always want to call her Randa, but I don't think it's pronounced Randa uh, Marcos. Um, it might be, maybe it is Randa, but she has a lot of hype behind her, but not a good record. Um, so I, I'd like to see her kind of live up more to her potential um, on this show too. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know her opponent. Her opponent is looking really good though on a uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fight win streak. So I'd say it's probably another L for Marcos in that one. Um, if I'm just being honest. So, but, but here's the thing. I say this a lot about a lot of shows. Um, I guess two things to kind of close it up for my thoughts on these. Uh, one, if RDA gets a replacement opponent, that's obviously humongous for the show. And if, if they can't find him a replacement, they need to find two people with, with some sort of name value that are willing to fight on a week's notice. They got to pay him what they need to pay him. They yep. got to fit. They got to figure it out and they got to get a, they got to get a main event on this show. You, you, you can't have a scenario where it's Eric Anders versus Antonio Arroyo in the main event. As much as I love the guy, like that's probably the, the fight with the most name value on the whole show right now. Um, I, yeah, I, I just, they gotta get a main. They gotta get a main event put together. Outside of that, you never know. On paper, you just never know. This could wind up being the biggest banger of a fucking show you've ever seen. Like they could, we could That's see, true. we could see head kick knockouts and Omo Plata submissions and fucking everything under the sun. Uh, we you just never know. But the problem is, you got to get people to watch to begin with. So. So, you know, like, it could be the best. It's it's like the Tenacious D song, uh, Tribute. It's like the greatest song in the world. No one can remember it. No one knows how it sounds like. But we just got to all just take it, uh, just, you know, take it at at at, at uh, face value that it, it was the greatest song in the world. And just they got to play tribute to it. If you're if you're not watching, if you're not watching the show, then like, you don't you don't know if it was good or not. So, like you got to get people to watch to begin with. And from what I'm seeing right now, no disrespect to anyone on the show, but I think even the people on the show would agree. If this was the card, no one's going to watch this. Like yeah. this is, you know, it's just, that's just not, you're going to have people like myself and, and you and stuff yeah. like, the, like the hardcore of the hardcore will watch it. People who cover it for a living will obviously watch it. But like the, the, the casual fan is not going to watch this, but no. if you, if you get RDA on there and you find a good opponent, maybe they tune in for that. And just by way of tuning in, they also wind up seeing a lot of other good stuff before the main event. So that's, that's the hook. Uh, they got to figure that out because once, once again, this is could wind up being the best show ever, but like you got to get people to watch it. Yeah, no, I think that's a good, that's a good way to look at it. It's, I, it's kind of a mystery show, uh, which uh, I, I, I kind of am excited about those, but again, uh, the way we look at this is a lot different than your casual fan. They they want to see a name and they want to see guaranteed. Well, that guy will knock out that guy, or or the you know these two are going to just beat the hell out of each other. So yeah, uh, mystery show um, for us. I'm excited about it because 
this is going to be a great show to figure out uh, our, again our ratio on the the Wikipedia pages or not. If these if these are still coming up dubs, we're going to be on like a real inside theory to get over on Reddit, my my dude. Yeah, and and this was yeah the perfect card to try to test that theory because like <laughs> it's. I mean, there's a lot of these. There's some that that are the double, uh, the double no page. Yep, yep. But there are, there's a lot. There's one, two, three, four, five, six fights that I'm looking at right now. That that's uh, Wikipedia versus no Wikipedia. So like, we're gonna get a big, uh, big sample size here of 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 this theory. So that <laughs> that will that will be a talking point next week on the show. Yeah, and that's a perfect segue, man. Uh, we will be talking about that next week. That another week knocked out, man. Everybody, uh, everybody that wants to throw me a follow over on Twitter at Mo's K O B K. Uh, man, good times as always, Stephen Jensen. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Um, if anyone wants to follow me, follow me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. Uh, videos at all things mma on youtube i just started writing for them uh recently too so like on top of the video editing i'm writing some of the lists now so oh yeah um so yeah check those out um more uh more content on the way there make sure to uh you know listen for this and subscribe to the channel um that way you're always notified whenever uh me and mo's have an episode come out or me and anyone else i should be having a <coughs> i think tomorrow me, Jamie Kilns, me, Jamie Kilstein, and Jesse Davin, I think are gonna do like a three-way live chat talking about um AEW double or nothing, not double or nothing, AW uh full gear. I think we're gonna do that on live live on YouTube tomorrow. So if y'all hear this before then, uh feel free to tune in to that and join the chat. Uh fightful.com, uh fightful select weekend or podcast talking all things indie wrestling. So uh Check that out if you want. And there's, yeah, all this, all this stuff I do. Twitch is the same as Twitter. Everything gets updated uh, at Fight Talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. Thanks again for joining me, Mose, and host of the show. Is there anything else you wanted to say before we got out of here? No, man. I had a uh, another great weekend. Excited to be back at it next week, bro. All right. Well, that's going to do it, y'all. We'll see you next week on, uh, you know, on the Fight Talk podcast feed talking more MMA.